Dear Mom and Dad, I've been at sleepaway camp for almost three weeks now and I'm getting very scared. There's a cook who got horribly burned by some hot corn water, and we had to go without dinner for a week. The baseball games here seem to go on for an eternity. Kenny supposedly drowned last weekend. There were snakes coming out of his mouth, so we aren't even allowed to go swimming anymore. Also, there's this girl Judy, and I'm pretty concerned that her hair is actually developing sentience. Anyways, only a few more days till I can come home, but... I gotta run. Tonight we are sleeping outside under the stars. I'd be more worried since there's supposedly a killer on the loose and all. But at the rate this summer's going, could it get any worse? Tonight on Nightcaps, oh, sorry, I mean Frightcaps at the theater, we give our regards to summer and lead into our first spooktacular episode with 1983's underappreciated cinema train wreck, my personal favorite bad movie, Sleepaway Camp. So join us here on Nightcaps during the next handful of films for some chills, thrills, and in the case of this movie, riotous bouts of laughter. Oh, Richard! Angela! boils and ghouls, or should I say, boys and girls, to the first annual Fright Caps at the Theater. One host, two host, three host, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, we're at Fright Caps at the Theater now. Um, my name's Jonathan Kwiatkowski, one of your regular hosts here as always with Matt Cabrera and Mark Zebro so you're Jr. Sp- your spook caster <laughs> extraordinaire. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> my fellow witch bitches. To watch my movies. Um, basically, I wanted to start a trend at Nightcap since horror is kind of a, a thing in my life now. Mm. And it's very pervasive. Everyone has horror movies that they love or hate or like hate to watch, love to watch. I feel like it's like, you can tell your cinematic taste just by the horror films you pick. And since October's coming up, I say, why not make the first inaugural Fright Caps at the Theater where I pick five movie choices going span in the decades and see what you guys think of it. Mm. Now, these are movies that kind of has affected me as an artist, as a person, as a movie watcher, and I just want to see what you're thinking about it. So, we're going to start in 1983. We're going to forego the introductions today just to get to the meat of the episode. We're going to keep these fast, loose, and off the cuff. I do have, like, copious notes for these movies just because I enjoy them so much. When don't you? Well, I try. <laughs> I try to keep this on track. So starting in 1983, and we're going to go as far back as the late 1960s with these five movie choices that I've picked. All the films included are what I deem horror classics, not to be missed by no means, and it stretches through everything I love, including prime examples of vampires, werewolves, modern horror classics, foreign horror, camp horror, sci-fi, stage adaptations, and more. Ever since youth, I've come to really love this genre, and I can't tell you why. Uh, still, I'm truly a nervous person and cautious in my regular everyday life. Whenever I teach, I am a nervous wreck. So, it I don't know, but horror kind of desensitizes me a little bit. It makes me a little calmer. Okay. Like, oh, these characters are in these zany situations. 
And here I am, like, okay, I'm in my normal life. The scariest thing isn't going in front of the classroom and teaching anymore. It's just sitting back and watching, you know, these serial killers or these demons or whatever may pop up mm. along the way. Um, other than that, I feel like it's a cathartic release. And there's also bad horror movies, which can be a completely oh. different release. Um, speaking of a bad horror movie, we're going to get into my first pick. So, your yes. pick... From last episode, whatever that was, was let's go to camp. Mm -hmm. Or there's still time to go to camp. Um, I'm going to give you a few more hints before you guys get into the guessing. So last time I checked, this film boasted a significant 58 on Metacritic, 6.3 <laughs> on IMDb, and an 80% on the tomato meter. Oh, so okay. not the worst film in all time. Um, let me just read through my It's notes. better than, uh, there's one film that has a one on Metacritic. This is not that film. <laughs> no, I just learned that recently. It recently came out. What film was it? I don't remember. Oh. Was it 8th grade? Uh, <laughs> no, that had 8 out of 8 pizza slices. Ah, so okay, sorry. I'm, sorry, we have a new rating system for, for those just tuning in. <laughs> we had to find out something. I don't know why it's 8. We'll get to that later. Um, a review in the Choreo Journal characterized the film as low-budget slasher in the Friday the 13th mold with teenage mayhem at a summer camp. In the Chola Vista Star News, the film was deemed a tasteless picture about mysterious murders at a summer youth camp that obscenely blends beheadings, stabbings, pubescent impulses, and more with a cast of junior high school actors. The news press called it a shockingly good slasher film if you use the relatively fine first Friday the 13th as a measuring stick. It's just another crazed killer stalking nubile summer campers, but this time there are some truly creative killings. This is my top so bad it's good film in all existence. Mm. This is the film I watch when I need a laugh, <laughs> when I need a good time, when I need to forget, when I need to forgive. When you need to forget uh, before sunrise. <laughs> no, <laughs> too soon. Um, this is a hangover film, a cult film, a midnight film, and an underappreciated gem of cinema. And that is all the answer going to get for me. Uh, I, I think I'll go first because I'm sure mine are off. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really know horror in general outside of like the new horror renaissance from the last few years. Um, I think these are from the '90s. I have a couple guesses. One is Scream. No, but I do love Scream. Which, There's a kitty door death scene in Scream that gets I, me yeah. kitty all the time. <laughs> oh, and then the the scary movie parody of Scream. Yeah. Oh, some good. <laughs> what is this? Die, Chiller, die. <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, was Scream already like a satire, like a a parody, you, or was yeah. it very straight? Yes. Well, it was a little bit of both. Right, it was more yeah. of a parody. Okay, but that's what I was thinking. The parody, yeah, and it was a satire. Yeah, yeah, because okay. we watched that in film class too. Uh, that, why, where the? Oh, uh, where was I? I miss um, you, Wes Craven. And he's still. Oh no, he's not. No, he's dead. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, recently though, right? Ooh, yeah, like a couple yeah. years. From oh, now. never mind. Years, I was thinking ago. somebody else. No, it wasn't. That was not a couple months ago. And who died? Someone died recently. I think it was was Aretha Craven. Franklin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> too soon. We'll look it up later. Um, my this is actually what I first thought it was, but I still think the time period is off. Is uh, I know what you did last summer, no, or I, I still know what you later, did last summer. A little later than yeah. this. This is 1983. Yeah, exactly. I, I, have, I have no clue. Yeah, Mark, where's your go-to now, huh? That's not the movie I'm thinking. Oh, of. I yeah. thought you had it, but I was. It come. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, my my, I had a few choice. Uh, a few 
uh, things, but they came out, at least one came out a little bit earlier. They already, you already mentioned, uh, uh, Friday the 13th, 13th. so, yeah, no. that, that, that's, that, first of all, that's the obvious one, so. And that's scary. Um, this I, is more. My, my other one, which, scary. what, my other one, um, what, uh, cause I, I kind of like th- thought of a farce. Uh, and, and then you were thinking, uh, you, oh, you could say this movie is a farce. Uh, so I was thinking of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Close, uh, yeah, no cigar. Uh, but the only one I can really think of, and I, and I just looked it up, it doesn't come out there. Um, the Crying Game. The Crying Game. Yeah. No. It's yeah. Not the Crying Game. We are watching tonight. Do, 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 do. Oh, where is it? Sleepaway Camp. Ah! Oh. Sorry, I just got spooked. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen this one? I no, I've always, I've always I've never, I, never heard of it. God. Yeah, I've always heard of it. No Wikipedia, oh, never heard of and it. no googling during this film. Okay, yep. right? Yep. Just yeah. All right. Well. Okay. I guess I okay. do have some pre notes. Okay. In this fright caps fashion, it's very short. They do get longer with the other movies, so bear with me. This is the shortest, so just listen. This is to get you in the mood. Uh, Sleepaway Camp is a 1983 American slasher film written, directed, and produced by Robert Hilzik. Hiltzik is one of the most prolific horror directors of the modern horror and suspense era, standing the test of time with Carpenter, Craven, and dare I say, even in my opinion, Hitchcock. His films include the following cult classics, Sleepaway Camp, and Sleepaway Camp 2, Unhappy Campers. That's it! (laughs) Since these two films, he now works as a partner at an NYC law firm. Truly (laughs) a lauded career. Oh man, wow. This film holds a very special place in my heart. I don't want to spoil anything or over-explain, but this film has layers. I may sound delusional for those well-versed with this film, and you should be. Definitely watch this film. Find it and watch it in your nook and cranny away from your family and friends if you want to get the full sleepaway camp experience. These two are going in blind, and I cannot wait to hear their reactions, (laughs) but I will explain all the vast onion Shrek layers in my notes later (laughs) on. There's so much to pick up on. Um, I would die at a chance to write a thesis on this film. Hmm. Uh, It takes place with these teenage characters at Camp Arawak. So we're going to Camp Arawak. Mm-hmm. Make of that what you will. It sounds very familiar. It, uh, I don't, it sounds I don't like Marowak, the Pokemon. That's Arawak. what I initially thought of. But, uh, his Alolan form? Arawak. Is that, this is that... isn't a Pokemon podcast. <laughs> we're not going to start that train. Is that something Sorry. backwards? That Ara- anime was not a mistake. Arawak. Cowart. Cowart. Jack Cowart. Cowart. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. The Canadian author. Maybe. The Quebecois. Yeah. More or less, this film is a good one. And I hope to God I can get your genuine reactions on this. <laughs> and this is why I chose this to start our first, hopefully, annual Fright Caps, Horathon, Spooktacular, whatever you want to call it. So, never saw this movie? Mm-hmm. Any initial thoughts before we get in? What do you think? Sleepaway Camp. I'm excited for gore and guts and blood mm-hmm. and all that lovely corn syrup. There might be some of that in this mm-hmm. film. Oh, wonderful. There is some brief nudity in this film. Very <gasps> brief. You've survived... Santa Maria! <laughs> you survived Divine and John Waters. You'll be fine. Nothing big. I don't know. There's, there's always some like light TNA in these movies. Especially like the 80s but slasher fic. You forget. Flicks. This is just prepubescent actors. Genuine prepubescent actors for this film. Mm. And Matthew. Was this before the rating system? <laughs> it was the 80s. It was a different time. Different time. People were free. What do you think, Matt? Any initial thoughts? Ooh... I mean, I'm I'm not really I'm not one for horror films. It's yeah, I don't watch that many, but be spooked by the bad acting, <laughs> <Spooky>. scary skeletons <laughs> and shivers. I was gonna end it with, "Are you ready for the summer? <laughs> Are you ready 
Loved it. Damn, yeah, that, that was something. It now I did the movie uh, when I when I was thinking of Crying Game. I, I, I listen. I don't. I was thinking of this movie, mm-hmm. but I just I just got the title wrong, and I I, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, but I remember watching um, a documentary. So I think it might have been like a Showtime special. It had a bunch of like. Um, horror uh claim to fames you know like um george romero um mm-hmm. uh uh Wes craven mm-hmm. uh someone who usually works alongside with uh, george romero i forget his name he does a lot of gore and effects on it i think he actually hosted the documentary too mm-hmm. but this this movie came up in context they even had the actress that that played uh, angela in this movie you mean felissa rose yeah and um and explains that uh, ending as well, mm-hmm. which uh, I guess we'll, we'll also get into. But oh, I, th- I, I pretty much thought this was that movie uh, that that you were going to show, and, and it, as soon as like more of the subtle context were like dwelling in a little bit, I was like, "This is that movie," you know. I think I, I saw almost disappointment on your face that that I wish you, you didn't exclaim. I knew this ending. I knew the ending. I, yeah. I know it's coming. I can't wait, Mark. Yeah. Kinda. I didn't want to ruin it for Matt. I mean, he didn't. I, I, I did not see that coming. Well, yeah, so, I never know. Uh, I, I mean, I never made anything explicit, oh, but man. I, but damn it, I did. It made me want to just scream out, saying, "God damn it!" I knew what it is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, for a while I thought uh, Angela was just weirdly scared of water. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty much it. Okay. Just well, like hydrophobic, I and mean, I don't know, maybe. Uh, supernaturally turned into something else when exposed to water i mean yeah. water does play into that in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, getting hurt yeah, uh, with the, the boat accident yeah. and now we know that like that's her it's a trigger yeah no. mm-hmm. or she or yeah. died yeah and peter lived <laughs> yeah mm. so what <laughs> were we drinking i brought some homemade wine mm-hmm. it's pretty good we had a Waffany of other liquors. Smorgasbord. I mean, I gravitated towards the homemade. Homemade wine. It was pretty good. Liked it. Um, yeah. Homemade wine for one of my home movies, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is a, yeah. a good old, movie. Uh, old footage of the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My time at camp. <laughs> yeah. Starring Jonathan Kankowski. Not even two seconds into the film, we get the dedication. In fond memory of mom, a doer. Mm-hmm. Already... We're reaching David Lynch levels of subtext that the film provides. Is it Hiltzik's mom? Is it our mom? Or is it the lost mom of the film who we never see? We never see Andy and uh, Andy. Andy. Andy! <laughs> you goonie! We, we never see Peter and Angela's mom. So, mm-hmm. whose mom is he talking about? Yeah. Or is it already talking about Aunt Martha's deviations? Because she's a doer. She does what she needs to. What she thinks she needs oh, to. Oh, yeah. We open on classic slasher score notes. So we got the... Like, immediate title bah! card, which I love. Screaming violins, weird with a peaceful upstate New York lake. Yeah, and the I infamous. like that. Yeah. It, it actually mm-hmm. did remind me of The Shining. Yeah. Uh, like April yeah. pointed out, too. Yeah, the, the reminds score. Reminds me a lot of it. The score yeah. reminds me of The Shining. Yeah. It was just a couple years later. Earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, we get the infamous, now abandoned, Camp Arawak. Although nothing particular scary is going on, we hear splashes of dialogue, including "Hey, get a me, get away with, with get away from me with that pail of water, or I'll kill you." Already hinting at Angela's big reveal, maybe <laughs> kind of her aversion to water. Maybe, yeah. Mm. So it's 1975 when we open the film, and John Baker and his friend, in quotes, Lenny, are taking John's two kids swimming at the lake. Um, 
It's a blink and you miss it, but uh, they're lovers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For the time period, that's a little... Risque. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So much is going on. You blink and you miss it. They're lovers. Um, ooh. ooh, spooky. 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 caps until the power goes out. And then I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we're all crowned around well, this one like Screwed. <laughs> um, we hear, um, hold on. Da, da, da. It is assumed that John's wife died before the events of the film. And although progressive, how it's progressive to have two dads, this only adds to the misfortune that happens later on. Mm-hmm. You think that, I mean, um, is it commentary on LGBT like rights or like what's been going on? Could it all be avoided if the dad's lover got the kids instead of Aunt Martha? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, we can think about That's that. That's true. And feel free to interrupt me. I'm just like going through my notes. Right. So if you ever need to. Yeah. Uh, definitely, that's a good point. Mm. So we get Peter and Angela as two prime upper class New York Jewish children, and their accent work or lack thereof is transcendent <laughs> in this film. Everyone talks as if they were raised in the slums of Long Island, weaned on good gabagool and sewer water. Uh, three kids are driving a motorboat with one water skiing behind them in the background. Delore, the girl behind them, is the greatest high stakes actor in the film. Screaming for life. Like the wind in her face. Oh, oh yeah, God. she she's saying things that they are just not proper sentences in English. <laughs> just like nobody would say that. Oh my God, we hit them both. <laughs> we hit them help, both. Help! Somebody help! Help them. the people! Help them! <laughs> Get them out of the water. The only actress in this film, <laughs> some might say. Uh, always at an eleven. Uh, while Craig and Marianne are in not another teen movie in the front of the boat, driving the boat, going, oh, let me drive the boat. Who's going to see us out here? You taste like a hamburger. <laughs> I'm done with you. God. Uh, young Peter and Angela flip the sailboat and ask, is Aunt Martha coming? Is Ricky coming too? So we already have this relationship. Like, what's Aunt Martha to these kids? Aunt Martha. Aunt Martha. Aunt Martha. You little schemers. And giving into peer pressure, Craig lets Marianne drive, which results in disaster. The speedboat rams into the family, killing John and Peter. Turn the boat! Oh my god! Won't somebody help those people fast? Won't someone please think of the children? Won't somebody think of the children? Helena Lovejoy. Um, Torn, bloody, life vest floats up. And we get a flash forward. Oh, wait, I forgot. John! John! And then, and then as the scream commences, there's a quick flash yeah. to his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, oh. oh, whatever happened to Lenny the Lover? <laughs> we flash forward to eight years later, 1983, and Dr. Aunt Martha's house, where Angela has been living with her cousin, Ricky. Mm. Aunt Martha is played by Desiree Gould. And is an entirely, in an entirely different movie. Uh, she's stilted acting, <laughs> David Lynch, exaggerated theater mannerisms. She has this Mary Tyler Moore outfit on. Truly one of my favorite parts of the film. She's constantly turning towards the camera. Goodness, no. That oh. wouldn't do it all, would it? Richard! Angela! And the cousins are being sent to camp. Oh, she was, she was too summer. much. Yeah. I would have been happy never seeing her again after that scene, which thankfully we don't really see her. Oh, I loved her. A I lot. her in the whole movie. What, like, what, which surprises me, like uh, a boy like Ricky being raised by a mother like her, who is turns so, out so fourth wall breaking yeah. Yeah. Uh, at times, yeah. and he's like, "Come on, mom." What are, like, mentioned what? that that Ricky's kind of chill. Well, not chill, but he's quick to anger. But he mm-hmm. seems kind of normal for a kid raised by Aunt Martha, a psychopath. Oh, yeah. yeah, like I said, she's in Twin yeah. Peaks, not Sleepaway Camp. It's a different thing. Yeah. <laughs> more uh, more raised by Nintendo, that kid. Am I right? Yeah. Coming out normal. Give me my Nintendo 64! <laughs> um, for living with an escaped mental patient, Ricky has grown up rather chill. He's rad and has great comebacks. Um, I tied a string around my finger 
And she provides, Aunt Martha provides the children with physicals. Angela is introverted, and it's Ricky's job to watch over her during the summer vacation. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that she provides them with physicals. So, yeah, it's like it's yeah, another way She's of... a doctor. Just yeah. don't tell anyone where yeah. you got this from. Yeah, makes sense. Which plays in later. <laughs> Looks to her camera. Mm. <laughs> um, so we arrive at Camp Arawak, where Arawak. the ages are 6 to 45, um, are all apparently enrolled, <laughs> including counselors. We meet Mel, who is an old man constantly smoking cigars and is in charge of the camp. Ronnie, one of the head counselors who is pushing 40 and wears shorts so short they should be outlawed. And not the only one. Well, that was, that was a different time. It's as, comedy. As we say comedy. here. <laughs> it was a different time. It was 1984. <laughs> um, 83, 84. <laughs> playing, playing with the boys. Uh, for an MST3K ref, there's a whole lot of batch in this movie, which is man crotch. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in this movie. And around oh, yeah. children... Doesn't really end well. No. All that batch, but different. Especially time. a lot of crop tops. Yeah, and headbands, and belted mm-hmm. shorts, and knee socks, and, and snake shirts. Yeah. Oh, the eighties. Oh what boy, fun. I love them. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. We need to go back. Yeah. We all need to dress like whores. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, Artie, the head chef, who is oh, obviously a pedophile, refers to the children as fresh chickens or baldies. Oh my god. Uh, and I, is only what, met with laughs. What, when he said that, I, I was skeeved so hard. I wondered where this oh, movie yeah. was going to go. Oh, have you watched? That was terrible. That was, that was probably the most disgusting thing mm-hmm. out of this whole movie for me, which is that line. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, the other adults, like how uh, complicit they were around him. Oh, you. Oh. It was like he was Harvey oh, Weinstein Artie. or something. Like, like uh, wait, I have his line written down here. <laughs> Ain't no such thing as being too young. Like, oh, you're my just God. too old. Yeah, yeah, and then they're all uh, having a good uh, laugh, uh, knee slap. Mm. One of the other cooks, Ben, is played by Robert Earl Jones. Yeah. You might know as the father of James Earl Jones. There's oh, the Star Wars bone that I threw to you. Man. There it is. Look yeah, I, I like James Earl Jones. Outside of other things. Mark just had a stroke. He's in Drive Miss Daisy? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it. Oh, he was in the play with Angela Lansbury. Ah, uh, okay. There we go. Angela. I was, th- I was, all, all the Tom Clancy movie adaptations. Mm. I like him into with him and uh, <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford. So, mm. so Paul, one of Ricky's friends, who immediately takes a liking to Angela. Um, I have a few theories about Paul. Okay. Is Paul gay? Mm. No, I don't think so. Mm. We'll get to that. Keep that <laughs> in your mind. Okay. I'll right. prove otherwise. So he goes, wait till you get a load of Judy. Man, oh man. Oh yeah? You'll see. <laughs> and walks away. <laughs> so it's just like typical 80s, like, boys will be boys. <laughs> then we meet Judy, who dated Ricky last summer, but has also moved on to bigger men and being a complete bitch. Uh, <laughs> Judy is interesting because her character is literally half ponytail. The hair is enormous oh, and yeah. consumes <laughs> her soul and body. But what is Judy's story? I want to know. Um, that that actress is so weird. She seems like simultaneously too old for the role she's and too young. Same age <laughs> as everyone else. No way. Yeah. It's just so weird. Wow. Yeah. Something um, about it just I don't know if it's her face or her mannerisms. Oh, her mannerisms. She's seen a lot that Judy. She's been through the <laughs> She's she, she, life she's, has dragged she, her through yeah. the She's turned a trick uh here <laughs> and there. She's mm-hmm. doing it's what she can to survive. What's her home life like? I wonder. Oof. Mm. That's another movie. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I want to know. She doesn't have time for Ricky's nonsense. And then Ricky responds, well, with, excuse me, bitch. And it's like, <laughs> Ricky is 
throwing these lines out like no shits coming for everyone at this camp oh i love ricky yeah he's my favorite Mm -hmm. um meg and Susie are two more head counselors meg is a jerk Susie is nice angela just stares at judy who immediately hates her um meg also immediately hates angela if she were any quieter she'd be dead is one of uh meg's lines (laughs) Mm -hmm. kind of tying together like will death occur at this camp (laughs) Angela isn't eating, and Meg's response is to berate her. Uh, Ronnie takes Angela to Artie, which is the best idea for a snack. He immediately ditches Angela, and Artie tries to diddle Angela. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky mm. discovers Artie about to bonk his cousin. Boink his cousin. Sorry, not bonk. Mm. And gets her the fuck out of there. Yeah. And <laughs> you didn't turns- see anything. Yeah. You got that? <laughs> Slams him against the... Ooh. Disgusting. Get out of that He's also drinking on the job. <laughs> Hiding his beer by placing it right down on the desk. <laughs> yeah. um, Mel turns a blind eye to this. But immediately afterward, we get the first murder of the film. Well, technically, the first well, murder at the camp. Mel turns a blind eye, but Ben kind of goes like, huh, yeah. I wonder what was going on in there. He always uh, had a bit of the devil in him. Yeah. Can we talk about Ben for a second? Yeah. Or just the uh, actor? Like, So he's he's James Earl Jones' father. Yeah. Is he also notably like uh, an actor as well? Besides this, like any? Wow! That's, so this was his role. That that's surprising. Like like James Earl Jones already like like notably an actor. It's both next like, stage and film. Like it's wonder. It's it's. I wonder what how. What do you mean? This isn't on the same level as that. <laughs> I don't think so. Mm, I I tend to disagree more. <laughs> I think this film stands right up there with Citizen Kane oh. as one of the greatest of all film. <laughs> I think more people should see this. Well, murder number one, Artie. We get introduced to one of the film's greatest props, that giant fucking pot of corn. It doesn't make any sense to fill or drain or get on the stove. Why is it there? Corn would have to boil in it all summer before it was ready. It makes no sense. Mm. Challenge me on that. Hashtag corn gate. You don't have to boil it no, like uh, they have at to the feed- beginning of summer. I'm, I'm making a joke, Mark. Oh, okay. It's so big. Is that what that was? Yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it makes no sense. It's as tall as a person. It's too much. Well, How would you get the corn out? It would sink to the bottom. Not all of it would I'm rise. I'm pretty sure top. they have instruments uh, for for such a, a giant for ladle such a thing. That they <laughs> yeah, comically put in. I don't think so, Mark. The logistics make no fucking sense. Listen, maybe, maybe it, was, it was it was even a, on alcohol. That it was for sense. good practicality. That, that cut that paid <laughs> Comes off. Comes into play later. Yeah, maybe it's like a water cooler where you have a little uh, spout at the bottom, and you just get corn. You, from you there. just you it just, just plops out. You just have obnoxiously long <laughs> like ta- tongs that just dip in there. You know, <laughs> it makes no sense. You guys are crazy. Oh, calm down. <laughs> Artie gets on a little chair to fix the corn, and we see a POV of the killer and small baby hands pull the chair out from under Artie. That whole POV thing has that. Oh my god! It, it sounded like wait, what, was that window. Imagine Dragons? The way Thunder. No. Oh, you know Imagine Dragons? They opened up for my favorite band in uh, 2009, <laughs> and nobody's heard of my favorite band. Coldplay? No, uh, Los Campesinos. Oh. But Imagine Dragons opened up for them in 2009 in Vegas. And look at them now. Look at that. Bothering us forever. Thunder. Fear the thunder. They made a tweet poking fun at that saying, uh, taught them everything they know recently. Mm. So That was was weird to see that. (laughs) Original Imagine Dragons fan right here. Really? Yeah. I don't know what their original was. (laughs) (laughs) They had a fan. (laughs) I like the first two albums. Everything after that's garbage. They had more than Mm. one song. Yeah. Hey, they were out in 2009 apparently. Opening up for Los Camp. Yeah. That's their EP, I think. 
Apparently, Vampire Weekend also opened up for Los Campesinos. <gasps> I love they Vampire. Have, like, they have a new album coming out too. Yeah, this, yeah. this is the uh, music <laughs> podcast, by the way, everybody. Man, Los Camp has the worst luck. <laughs> I gotta give them something to talk about on this podcast <laughs> during my horror fest. Uh, um, I was gonna say for the POV shot. Oh, I guess for the first one, has that ever like been scary? I can't imagine that was ever like. It just seems like too schlocky. I mean, yeah. yeah, that 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 one's a big payoff. Yeah. Um, uh, the first Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean that that's all mostly POV, right? Yeah. Um, really? Wow. But uh, yeah, I I mean I mean that's where it kind of stems from. I mean I the think slasher genre. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, and it just kind of develops from there, I guess. Outside mm-hmm. of that, so I guess mm-hmm. I've only ever seen it used like not that well, or kind of uh, ironically, or you know, kind of as parody. Mm-hmm. Say it seems so silly whenever I see it used. Interesting. It was kind of silly. It was a different time. (laughs) Need to get a t-shirt on that. (laughs) That, That's when we start selling merch. People start listening to the podcast. (laughs) Small battles first. Um, This death could have easily been avoided. All Marty would have to do was jump off the chair. Yep. Not or just not hold on to uh, the shelf. Well, yeah, no, because I guess the pot was too that, hot. But that, still, that's where I, I was about to throw some criticism at the movie. When I'm like, you know what? I'll just sit here and have fun. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that that's where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say a word, and I'm, I'm going <laughs> to enjoy this moment because I know something practical and fun is going to happen here. And it did. It did. Uh, so boiling corn water is played all <laughs> over Artie, <laughs> and it sends him burning. Bur- it sends him burning to the floor and sends him into unending screams. Wait, wait, yeah. He just wait, screams for all eternity. There, yeah. There's a good um, pulse. Prosthetic. Yeah, yeah prosthetic yeah. pulsing like pus mm-hmm. bubbles on yeah. his face. Want to know how it was done? Yes. So Dulge. Artie's uh, head was to the floor, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there was a hair dryer behind. Sending uh, oh. like air through the mask or the prosthetics that he's wearing, causing it to pulse. That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. And I, and I just proceeded to just quote Batman forever by oh. by a one Joel Schumacher. Mm. And like, oh no, it's boiling acid! <laughs> oh my god, it's dead! <laughs> oh. Uh, That's a movie we need to watch. We just say that every episode now. <laughs> Pretty sure we mentioned Roger. I mean, Robert I was more I was more in favor now for Batman Forever just because the movie's a, the just, ultimate horror movie. Yes, <laughs> by the ult, like the ultimate uh, <laughs> horror master, Joel Schumacher. The nipple suit. <laughs> uh, Hear him defend that is hysterical. So Artie is wrapped in bandages and taken out screaming, but he doesn't say who the killer is. He could have easily been. It was Angela. Yeah. But he was. Oh, but he was. It's true. also like an immediate cut to him and and, ah! and mummy wrapping. Ah! Yeah, um, we get the most ineffective doctor in history. Yeah. He gives no sedative. Oh, that's um, amazing. His prognosis is he's badly burned, especially his face. I that's love not it. a prognosis. I, I mean, it. what's he? What's he supposed to say to like well, these the regular regular like, camp when counselors? When are you going to get better? Like, what are you recommending to treat this? So, essentially, he's like, there is no prognosis. He's just going to be in hell forever. Um, Mel wants to keep this hush-hush to keep the camp in business. He bribes the cooks with more money, and all is forgotten for the mm-hmm. moment. Get you a bigger deal on this. Bigger than your son, all right, mm-hmm. Mr. Uh, Jones? Yeah. Like, oh, oh, of course. Mm-hmm. $50 more a week and 15 more for the cooks? Sounds like a good deal to me. Mm-hmm. He always had a bit of the devil in him anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit of the devil. Um, we get Mind Over Matter with Mozart. Um, a camp little trick, always playing on Mozart. Did you oh, ever Mozart. think Mozart was the killer? Would that be a fun twist? Mm, pro- Man, maybe. He's too lame for it. <laughs> what do you, he, made no, that, no, he made that catch in the baseball not, game. Not enough happens to him. Yeah. Maybe if more. We could have stepped it up. 
would have been a nice twist mm-hmm. to the twist. It, it, the just twist. the people that were being killed just didn't really seem to have relevance to him. It, if it were him, it'd be like the other kids. Mm. So Gino, another counselor, comes in in a crop top, tube socks, and belted jean shorts. I want to mention the fashion of this film. Mm-hmm. It is essential for the film viewing to get in the 80s mindset. We have jazzercise bathing suits, headbands, half tees, tube socks, shorts so damn short with belts. What more can I say? Does it add to the homoeroticism of this film? What is trying to be said here? Hmm. Ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. Ahead of its time. A lot of of themes going on. A lot of layers to this dip of a movie. I mean, a bunch of guys go uh, swimming together in a a nude in a pool. Or in the lake. dads, we get some... Um, you know, gender issues later on in the film. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And we get to the baseball game. Oh, the baseball game. My favorite. The baseball game, which never ends. It's one of the greatest <laughs> scenes in all of cinema. It goes on and on, and then it fades, and it fades back in, and it goes on and on and on, and you're like, oh. Is there a purpose to this at all? It's still going, and then it fades out, and it fades back in again. <laughs> it goes on and on and on. I feel like uh, the director, Rob, was like, just play baseball. <laughs> we have time. We're in between shots. Let's, that, let's just play baseball. That's why I like this. This is uh, this version's uh, volleyball scene of Top Gun. That Ooh, yeah. Just playing, playing <laughs> with the boys. Yeah. I would say it could have used music, but then we would have missed Ricky's insults, which make the film. I love yeah, but he, Ricky's But he's insults. insulting throughout the whole movie. Yeah, though, but so. this is some prime insults. He's talking to a thirty-year-old resident camper. <laughs> thirty-year-old. <'cause laughs> The, the height difference is astronomical. Between there there these are a lot of differences in uh, everything. We got fuck a man, asshole. This guy blows dead dogs. Eat shit and die, Ricky. Eat shit and live, Bill. Yeah, that was and a good one. Come on. You can't mm-hmm. get much better than that. Um, good on Ricky. I was rooting for Ricky this whole movie. Yeah, course, Ricky's great. Ricky was like the hero, the champion of the people in this film. Um, they win the baseball game. The young kids versus, I don't know, the 40-year-olds. <laughs> I don't Seemed know what like the rules it, yeah. were. It was like, whatever. Um, and Billy vows to get Ricky back, which is a lot of vengeance in this movie. It's like, oh, I'll get him back. I'll make sure. I'll get him. It's a cycle of hate. Hate only begets hate. Mm-hmm. Just something to bring up in this film. Um, we transition to the gym, and it's an 80s chill dance session. Uh, Angela's teased by the boys who want more girls to go skinny dipping with them. Um... Oh, wait, yeah, so wait. the boys are like, Angela, why don't you go... Angela, why, why are you so fucked up? up? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, God. God. He is so nonchalant. Oh, where it's like, she doesn't even bat an eyelash, yeah. too. Well, Angela is just constantly staring. <laughs> yeah. And I like that. <laughs> they don't say, the film. I'm pretty sure they don't say, hey, Angela. They're like, yo, Angela. Why are you so fucked up? How come you're so fucked <laughs> it's up? It's like a scene out of uh, Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I got a strut. Oh, John Travolta. Oh. Mm. Uh, Angela just stares unblinkingly. Ricky enters in a cowboy hat, which was a director's choice. Ricky did not want to wear the hat. Mm, I don't blame him. It was a choice. And he starts a scrap. Angela stares, and Ricky exclaims, You fucks! I'm gonna beat your asses in! Another another <laughs> instance of revenge. Paul comforts Angela. Judy and her sentient hair take notice. <laughs> and Angela speaks for the first time. Good night. Good night. Good night. And then he like runs off. <laughs> I got a golden ticket. It's just like, it's cute. Love blossoming. Yeah, it could have worked out. Oh yeah, definitely. Could have mm-hmm. been something. Uh, Billy's skinny dipping fails and the boys just decide to go in new the lake alone together. <laughs> no problem. 
Playing, playing with the boys. <laughs> Matt's on board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, murder number two. Kenny is ditched by his date after their canoe flips over. And after some fine improvisation, Kenny is murdered by a long-haired attacker and drowned as the boys laugh from the shoreline, thinking it's a joke, and then trash the beach. So this death doesn't really make any sense, because if Angela is the killer, she's afraid of water. And she's just swimming out in the middle of the, the lake, drowning people now. True. Mm. True. And yeah. nonchalantly. Yeah. Also, uh, Kenny sees his girl swim away, and then calls to her under the raft. Or the canoe after seeing her already swim away. Yeah, he's so, a, well, he's an idiot. He's oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Baba Reba. Oh, what bamboo? You, I just love. It, it's it's such a uh, '80s trope that's like it's you. I always knew it was you. Yeah. <laughs> we don't see until like the last frame of the movie. I can't mm-hmm. believe it was you. Um. So next morning, Ronnie is pissed off. Go. Why do I have to fucking pick up all this shit on the beach? And they'll bring his fat ass down over here. Which, and then, <laughs> which I like for me, like it's just like everyday like quote from myself yeah. on, mm. on a daily basis. If you knew my job. Oh man! And we get a surprisingly decomposed Kenny plaster with a snake coming out of his mouth hole. Which yeah. I, I like. This is always someone I always like in, in a movie. I always love like an animal or a cockroach always like crawling out of mouths or something <laughs> like that. Like um, I remember you watch creep show growing up uh, creep, creep show is one of my favorites even the second one i like uh not as much they're remaking it no they're not into a series i believe uh, i think they're using that other, could work yeah they're using other stephen king short stories that you might not have read okay uh but uh no like uh the cockroach uh short story in uh creep the first creep show yeah. uh the last frame of that is just like all the cockroaches cl- mm-hmm. climb out of his body gross and uh, like Uneasy, but it's always a fact that I always like. Like, That was an original choice for my horror fest, but maybe for another time. Oh, did I just ruin it? No. Oh. No. Sorry. So, (laughs) Mark's favorite character, the cop with his mustache, fully in enters the scene and suggests that the boy drowned despite being seriously injured. Mel pushes this story and goes, yeah, he drowned. But it's just important to note that the cop has a real mustache in this scene. Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> um, Makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah that's why it it's stood all to be explained later. Um, Paul asks Angela on a movie date, and Judy exclaims, how come Angela gets to talk to the boys all day while we have to play volleyball? And Meg, well, go talk to some boys, bitch. I'm, she's getting to work, man. She's... Judy, and, Judy and Angela are just always watching. They're ever present. Um, and Meg goes the fuck off on Angela. Yeah, just like times. you're a counselor. She just goes the like you little bitch. Yeah. It's like all right, Meg, calm down. Well, luckily, Susie's there. Yeah, Susie comforts Angela. But what's Meg's story? What mm. happened to her? Get to her later. <laughs> After the movie, Paul walks Angela back and Ricky tries to reconnect with Judy, but she and her hair have other plans. Uh, Paul kisses Angela and we hear menacing strings. Judy teases Paul, I didn't think she was your type. Is Paul gay? I ask again. Is Paul gay? What's Judy insinuating there? I didn't think no. Always hanging out with Ricky for three years. <laughs> That's friends for three years. Boys will be boys. Another no, I friend. think it's just what uh, Judy was telling Paul. She didn't think she was her type. Eh, I think that's just like petty, you know, mm. yeah. tropey camp counselor stuff to, to say. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, harping on the whole uh, hasn't hit puberty kind of thing yet. Yeah. Um, flat as a board, etc. Whereas Judy. <laughs> in need of a good screen. 
Where is Judy? That was a good line. Yeah. Oh, whereas Judy is the opposite. Oh, uh, yeah. Now that she's, uh, she's blossoming into a like nice a, young woman. A 15-year-old whatever. <laughs> well, she's dating these 47-year-old men that are just... She's like this short and they're this tall. Glad they worked on the podcast. I mean, I mean, hell, that, that reminds me of like Poltergeist when, like, mm. uh, when they first introduced the, the teenage daughter and all the construction workers are just like hooting yeah. and hollering at the, yeah. like the 16, 15 year old girl. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And the, and the mother is just like, oh. Boys will be boys. Yeah, like Jesus. Men will be men. Like, do you know what's happening right now to, at your, to your daughter? <laughs> like, mm. like, ugh, mm. skeevy. Mm. So after uh, Angela mistakenly guesses that uh, what's his face, Paul, is Burt Reynolds. Uh, Judy and Meg forcibly try to get Angela in the water while the whole camp ignores this for the first time. They just ignore it. Mm-hmm. She's screaming, I don't want to go in. Don't make me go in. Please don't let me go in. And yet again, Meg goes the fuck off on Angela, but is stopped. Um, Angela just stares. She just stares. Mm-hmm. What is she looking at? Who is she looking at? What's she thinking about? It's weird. I mean, I, I think I noticed this earlier, but it was just way too uh, prominent now, but the the close-up headshots in this film were interesting because they they always seem to be shot at like a, a higher angle yeah. so yeah. their their heads were lower in the frame and there was like half the frames above it of just kind of background i don't know if that was intentional or what really it was trying to convey but it wasn't until you pointed it out mid movie well, the same shot of angela just well, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. it was just change your shirt when, when for you, that scene yeah. Once you said that, I, I would start laughing because it happened the third time. And <laughs> well, I was they like, used oh. it like six times in every scene. It's just like, cut to Angela. And it's the Angela, exact same music, the same just, mannerisms. It's the same shot. Just dead eye to the audio. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I thought that was interesting. That kind of mm, framing of people's heads like in the frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know why they did that, but they, they do a similar thing in... A very different film, uh, the black and white Polish film Ida. Ooh, Ida. I saw that. And Ida? And Ida. I'm glad Aunt Ida has become a trope <laughs> on our little podcast. That's another shirt. Yeah, and just me. And Ida. I mean, we need to get that out. Yeah, they're they're oh, selling right now. <laughs> <laughs> selling like hotcakes. So Judy blames Angela for getting Meg in trouble. Judy questions why Angela doesn't take showers with the rest of the girls. Uh, she's a real carpenter's dream flat as a board and needs a screw Mm. another great line that's good Uh, Angela walks off because she's sad and she's pelted with water balloons sending her into a catatonic state Uh, (laughs) Ricky sees this and vows revenge Mel's breaks it up and is like you could have put an eye Uh, out this is my favorite Ricky scene he's going off on them you You cocksuckers motherfuckers you fucking pussies oh man I love it and that, that made Ricky the MVP right there. But now it's just like, don't you know what you could have done? You could have took her eye out. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know he's, like, he's, he's, but, he's listen, an old I'm man. On her side, but come on. Just, and she like, I just like how Angela crumples. She's just like, closes just in a fetal position. Yeah, whenever something happens. Hey, it's that water, man. Yeah. So Billy, lead bully, goes to take a shit. And we get murder number three. Bees! <laughs> um, Not the bees! But like the, I love the focus of it, yeah, too. Especially since it's your biggest fear, to get killed on the toilet. Oh, yeah. By yeah, murderous my, bees. I, I, hate, I hate the thought of just dying on the toilet. Yeah. Because uh, no one wants to be caught in that sort of awkward position. Just mm-hmm. don't go to summer camp and then slowly wait for a hand to slash through the window above you and drop in a beehive. 
I wanted to see, uh, or I, I would have loved to be on set for that scene, to like watch all the direction happen. Because I'm imagining you're, you're the, assuming di- there the was dire- direction. In this the director movie. just telling uh, Billy, you know, Billy's actor, to kind of like dance around in the stall a <laughs> yeah. bit. Be like, no, 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 that wasn't good. But we need to redo just that. Crawled under yeah. the stall. Oh. Yeah. I think it was like, no, we need more uh, pant around the ankles there. Yeah. We need more reason. Like, you, pointed, you you pointed out the strawberries on his arm. Uh, ra- oh, raspberries on, on his arm. Raspberries. <laughs> are we to assume that he was allergic when he got stung by all these bees? No, we're just to assume they're African killing bees that <laughs> ate his face and flesh. Yeah. There's no assumption. Where does it tell you in the film? They're just regular camp New Jersey bees. I was like, he died so fast, and like his body is now just so decomposed mm. within a sec. But I love like as like he's freaking out on the toilet, and, but like it keeps cutting to the stick that had the yeah. beehive in, bees! like slowly going out of frame yeah. out of the window, and it's but still cutting to him. Yeah. But the, the stick is still inching out of the window. And <laughs> just, it's just I like love a little baby hand, just like yeah. Like, how'd she get that high? No one saw him. Yeah. Could have crawled on the stall. A lot of things. <laughs> um, Mel finally realizes he has to close up the camp since there's only about 25 kids left. It's like it's After over. After three deaths, it's over. Uh, Mel begins to suspect that Ricky is the killer. But that can't be. Well, I was... This is when I started to think that I knew what this movie was. And it had to do with... I, I, know, I know you're upset. I'm upset. <laughs> uh, but, uh... It, it, I was starting to think something else, like maybe it wasn't because then he's like, it's like I wonder if like like he did it or something like that. When I meant he, I was thinking of like, oh wait a minute, uh, what about um Angela's or uh like father's like lover or whoever it might have been? So like maybe does he? Like, yeah, <laughs> he still has some involvement in this story somewhere. Maybe and I'm like, I wonder wonder if like uh, he's taking his revenge on any of this. So that's where like I was starting to put different pieces together there. So I was like, maybe this is a different movie. No. Did you have any ideas of the killer, Matt? Uh, I was thinking Angelo, but that might have been too like too uh, easy. Yeah. Yeah, but there were. Well, this movie does a great job of being like, oh, it's Angela. Oh, it's totally Angela. Right. But is it Angela? <laughs> yeah, it's Angela. But <laughs> is it Angela? But is it Angela? Exactly. No, especially by the time of Meg's death, because only a few people like knew where she was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I don't think it would have been. Yeah, they don't find Judy. Any, they don't find any. Yeah, I was they do say, find her. Oh, they do, but it's not shown on screen. Okay, they're like, oh god, she's dead. We can't show that body. Those prosthetics again. <laughs> yeah, one of the female camp counselors that we never hear from again. Yeah, there's <laughs> one that there's a few counselors that are just like, who are you? What are you doing here? <laughs> Um, Angela and Paul go to the lake where we get romantic chasing, which is actually pretty cute. But Paul doesn't understand that no means no. Like, no, Paul. But Angela's feeling it because she does, like, the mock trip. And mm-hmm. then she's like, ah, chase me, chase me. <laughs> but as soon as Paul goes in for that kiss and starts unbuttoning like her shirt. Vietnam flashbacks. You see Angela just deadpan fisheye the camera. And we get this David Lynch head style dream sequence with a spin bed. Mm-hmm. And two men fucking in a bed. And oh. children giggling. And pointing, you're me, I'm you, you're me, I'm you. What does it all mean? <laughs> Just 
I like that scene. It's very <laughs> random and stupid. And then Angela <laughs> runs away from Paul. That's how that scene ends. She goes, yep. no! Um, we get the longest capture the flag explanation ever. It's like, this is how you play capture the flag. Okay, this team's going to do this, and that team's going to do that. You're going to wear this color, and then you're going to wear this color. But here's the rules. you got to get this team's flag in order to get this team's flag, but this team can't get your flag. And it goes on as, almost as long as the baseball game. But yeah, I do yeah, love yeah. the background where the kids, the director was literally just like, kids, why don't you... Mill around in circles in the background while they're well, the scene. And they were, they're not playing Captain They're thinking flag. like we care they, they had about like the, the action at all. Yeah. They had the youngest kid like on this yeah. on the set. They for had this like day. a two year old. Like like literally a toddler <laughs> running around with all these uh, larger kids. Which there was like, oh my god, someone's gonna trample that little thing. Uh, <laughs> I did appreciate at least a little bit while they were explaining the rules, the camp counselors were like doing their own thing. One of them was uh, pretending to swallow the flag. Yeah. Mm. That was a little fun. They were little hams. Yeah. (laughs) They were selling it. Everyone had, just so you know, everyone had a lot of fun shooting this movie on set. It was a joy, apparently, according to the actors. (laughs) Except for one person. Uh Uh-oh. Which we'll get Mm. to later. Okay. One sad, sad soul. Was it uh, the mother? It's no one you saw. Was it? No. Or did you? James James Earl Jones' dad? No, he's fine. James Earl Jones? He he quit movies after this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did he now? I mean... So, Angela pushes Paul away again, and Judy sweeps in for the kill, like, literally, off-frame. She's like, hey. (laughs) Pokes her head, (laughs) what's going on? And scoops up Paul with her sexual prowess. I'm just Mm -hmm. assuming she's always, like, off to the right of the action in every scene. Every there when she, like, needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. With her Judy shirt. That's her... Yeah, I'm Judy. (laughs) See my shirt? And her hair just... Oh, man. You took the flesh. Uh, So, Ricky and and Angela see the two making on the woods. And obviously, Angela is, like, broken up. Judy laughs and gets called the scumbag by Ricky. Fuck you, Ricky. But we see Judy have a moment of sad realization. And she's like, I was that girl. I did that. Mm. What's wrong with me? And you could see, there's, like... Genuine concern and tears in her eyes. It lingers. Which, yeah. Who have I become? Mm -hmm. At 15, these kids are going through a lot. Who am I? (laughs) I'm Judy's hair. (laughs) And Angela just stares. (laughs) Just want to mention that again. Um, Round two, Judy and Meg try to get Angela in the water. Even after she screams she can't swim, despite the whole camp watching, Ricky and Mel are having a conversation where Mel is like, so are you the killer? Did you kill him? He's like, no, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm <laughs> I, not I was trying to put it together, like, wait, how does he figure it might be him? It's just Mel. He just thinks it's him because he hears him mouthing yeah. off all the time. Like, he started the scrap right. during the dance. He started the scrap during the water balloon. He's like, I'll get you, I'll get you, I'll get you. And he's swearing revenge constantly. He's like, revenge! And he's revenge! like, yeah, Mel says something like, I've seen the hate in his eyes. I know, uh, and there's part of me that's like, who just, is he talking about? Like, no. I, that's the senility yeah. in him. Yeah. But uh, oh, Ricky again, cursing at him. He's like, get the fuck off me, you yeah. fuck. Oh, oh, I love it. He's like he's like Danny DeVito's spirit. Yeah. Just <laughs> in went child, into him. In child form. It's great. Uh, I, I want to see him in more things. Just mm, the same oh. character. Yeah, but Angela's thrown into the water. She goes back into a comatose state, and Ricky goes, don't worry. We'll get them. Ooh. And another fade. Um, this fade is Eddie, one of the minor cam counselors, who only gets a few lines. Takes That's the them. guy with the uh, eyeliner, right? That was Gio. Oh, Gio. G- okay. G- Gio, Gio Gino. Gino. He's good. Yeah. He's like the really Italian <laughs> Um Eddie takes minors on a camping trip in the woods, which is a brilliant idea when a killer is on the Meg gets the night off, and we get some strange daddy issues between her and Mel. Yeah. So she goes, no, are you what? free tonight? And it's like, where? 
Where did this come from? Which I saw this earlier in the movie too. Like you saw them pretty close. Like yeah. it was like during like the mess hall scene mm-hmm. when they first. Yeah, they're, they're chatting it up. But mm. ew. Yeah. She she like hurt she hurt Meg. She likes zaddies. Well, I don't. I think something I, happened to her. I think it was Artie. That's, that's my theory. Art Artie put the devil in her. Mm-hmm. Had a little devil in him. <laughs> um, but Meg goes to take a shower at the abandoned cabin since the line is too long. Angela just stares again. Angela's just looking. I do. <laughs> I love that scene when she's like asking, uh, I guess you're not going to let me use the shower, are you? And the girls yeah. turn around like, fuck no. Which yeah, I thought it was I like, like a mirror a effect. No. Just but three it was just like, if Jersey it was, girls. Yeah. <laughs> from, with their 80s hair. Just, <laughs> bitch, no. Oh, I like not that me. a lot. Um, we that get, could be a gift. <laughs> just that just throwing good. that out there. Yeah. To, 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 my to my those that, To those that make gifts. We are the Bang, bang! <laughs> um, murder number four. Meg gets stabbed through her fucking bathroom yeah. stall down the spine. Yeah. What kind of strength does Angel have to go through corrugated steel? <laughs> I mean, I understand this camp is probably made of, like, toothpicks and, and glue, but... And cardboard. She stabs through the wall mm-hmm. and her spine like it's butter. <laughs> just drags Right it down, down the middle. And somehow oh, yeah. knows that she has her back against the wall. It's like... Weird, but I, w- I was almost expecting them to do the psycho cut, you know, with that. But ching, ching, they did ching. a little differently, and it was a, it was a thing. And then we see another strange baby hand washing off the knife pearly with and water. This is, also, this is like the first time we see blood, yeah, like le- like legit blood, you know. Well, we got the mm. raspberries, yeah, but like that was just that was more like like infection, more in red, like this is like legit, like just blood like coming down the knife on yeah. the back, so I thought that was pretty That's cool. That's some uh, red uh, food coloring right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought the washing thing was unnecessary. Yeah, yeah me too. But, it was just to build tension. I just, look at that baby head. I just yeah. wanted to see the blood, like just like, uh, focus on the tongue licking, licking the blood uh, clean. <laughs> That's disgusting, Mark. Oh, I, I love my gore. I love <laughs> to see some cool stuff. So, Paul tries to talk with Angela, saying he's sorry. Angela says for Paul to meet her at the waterfront after the social. Mm-hmm. That's setting up. She's already planning ahead for mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Um, murder number five. The miners are surprisingly killed in the forest by a mysterious figure with an axe. They're yeah. gutted in their sleeping bags yeah. after Eddie steps out. And this murder feels a little too much even for the director, Robert Hitzik. He said... Mm. In hindsight, he shouldn't have included this it, murder. It is very... It's very... Off, you, there's not a direct focus on, like, well, the kids. there is in... It's a blink and you miss it. When Angela was thrown into the water, mm-hmm. we see the kids throwing sand at her just out of nowhere. They're, okay. like, in the corner. Right, And it's yeah. like, those little shits are getting oh, it coming. Okay. Okay. Even those toddlers are after Angela. Okay. Gotcha. So, it's but, a blink and you miss it, so... Like, I, I was I was more like just talking about like the the focus on the sleeping ba- bags, oh, yeah, yeah. but like like uh, just in terms of like like oh they're like tucked in so like you can't you just see blood and like torn sheets around it not not, not the actual bodies themselves but yeah. so it's not as bad but it's still fucking disgusting to mm. see like the, like butchered kids yeah. uh, in sleeping bags mm. and the guy just vomits milk like <laughs> right right it's just milk uh, 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 but like his reaction to it was seemed pretty genuine cuz yeah. like one like, of the good reactions oh, yeah. uh, opposed to like when mel finds uh, uh meg dead in the shower it's immediately like oh not you too meg oh meg it's like oh, i'm going to get him it's, it was him he did this to her <laughs> so or, mel searches for meg uh judy is making out in her cabin uh but Mel enters, still looking for Meg. He finds her corpse in the other cabin and goes into this weird monologue to her dead corpse where he constantly like, checks 
Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I'm gonna get him. Oh, <laughs> oh, bitch. Oh, what a share. Uh, murder number six. A strange wigged figure approaches Judy while she's curling her hair, and after decking her, proceeds to stick a hot curling iron in a place where it shouldn't go. Oh, Sexual oh. tones. Oh, yikes. Ooh, what does that say about gender and sex? And where was it? Um, also, it was in the original cut that scene was shown in its entirety. Really? And, oh. Uh, in this cut. Have you seen the no, original cut? I don't think it was released to the public. Oh. And I don't think it was as gruesome as it lets on. It was probably just a little more obvious where it was stuck instead of the whole shadow play we had going gotcha. on. That was good. I like the way the, it was done. I remember the way it, it came down. It came straight down, not like at, mm-hmm. at an angle. Mm-hmm. So, but like, yeah, you can actually put like the pieces together. Mm-hmm. So. so, a little trivia. Speaking of that wigged figure, Angela's actress, Felissa Rose, was forbidden by her stage mom to not be allowed to commit murders on film. She felt it would huh. scar her, so Ricky, played by Jonathan Tearson, agreed to stand in for all the murder sequences, explaining the baby hands and the scene before Judy's murder, where it's clearly Jonathan in a wig, because that lighting <laughs> in that scene shows you who the killer is. And the director's like, oh, in hindsight, that scene kind of spoils the illusion of who the killer is. But if you look closely, it's Jonathan in the wig. So it adds a little bit, like, hmm. could it be Ricky? Yeah. <laughs> Baby Ricky? Gives off that illusion to everyone else, too. Mm. Yeah, I thought, like, that scene was really clear with who the killer was. I just couldn't make it out because, like, I, I suck at determining things like that. But, yeah, the face seemed really clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Mel proceeds to find and beat Ricky to death with his old man strength. <laughs> um, before arriving on the archery field to murder number seven. It's you! <laughs> but it can be! <laughs> and he yeah, gets shot through the neck. Um, by more baby hands. It can't be you. And this was actually a prosthetic that shot out the back yeah, of his neck. Yeah, I was curious how that went because it was almost like it was a direct like, yeah, it was like a good effect. cut. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we get to the, the finale of this. Uh, police cop with a tape mustache yeah. arrives on the scene. Oh, he was actually uh, doing another role. Which he had to shave his mustache for. Oh, a Henry Cavill situation. Oh, before yeah. oh, before man. CGI was a thing. <laughs> just had tape. Imagine if tape was used <laughs> instead. But, um, oh, oh, that's man. great. For shotguns it in the looks, air. It looks crappy, and I'm surprised you guys noticed because it's, you know, you have to look to notice, but it is noticeable. Well, with the Blu ray. <laughs> yeah, with the Blu ray, <laughs> it's a little more obvious. Yeah, they never intended this movie to be seen like that. Mm-hmm. So the cop discovers a candy wrapper. And then finds that Ricky is still alive. Mm-hmm. And um, we transition to Angela and Paul naked on the waterfront with Angela turned back to the camera, humming, just holding the figure of Paul mm-hmm. in her hands. And as we creep up to her, you know, the, the score is going yeah. crazy. It's building, it's building. That was good. I, I thought it was pretty believable yeah. because uh, it, it looks like Paul's head is still kind of moving, you know, back mm-hmm. and forth. It gives off that uh, neat effect, mm-hmm. which I'm, I'm a fan of. Yeah. And uh, we get, before we get the reveal, we get a flash to Aunt Martha going, Oh, it's great that you're here. I always wanted a daughter, but, hmm, I already have a little boy. Angela. Angela, that's a good name, isn't it? Isn't it? Peter? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. And we find out that Angela has a penis. That girl got a dick. Dude looks like a lady. Wait, what? The other way around. <laughs> Girl looks like a dude. Oh, wait. No, wait. It is the first way. 
I, I, both. It's hard to explain. Yeah, I, I, guess, to I think it's more yeah. the first way. Yeah. But Aunt Martha's crazy ass wanted a daughter, so she raised Peter as Angela. Bum bum bum, and the mm. film ends on Angela's screaming face as the credits roll. <laughs> but before we get into some final thoughts, I got a little trivia for you with that prosthetic mask used for Angela in the end. That mm. was not Angela's face, but in that, fact a and mask. Not... And uh, the body. Belong to, in full, um, they actually hired a college student who remains anonymous to this day. Huh. He had to get so wasted to film the scene that apparently he cried, filmed, and was never heard of again. Then why did he agree to do it? For the money, I guess. Desperate college student. Damn. Yeah, that that I do know of. He what that was a stand-in for for her. Yeah, because she couldn't be new. Of obviously. course, yeah. I mean, she uh, she was what like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. But yeah. So oh. nope. And that's, that's crazy. how the movie ends. Wow. Yeah. That was uh, a good prosthetic. Was a, good prosthetic. Good, uh, a lot good of good prosthetics yeah. and effects in this movie. Yeah. Alright. I, I don't like the fade to like green and oh, like I the freeze know. frame. It feels, oh. it feels a little 80s cheesy. It definitely. Uh, that's I think that's why I, I don't like it. It kind of completes it. I hate a freeze if frame. If we listen I more, really it do. actually ends with a happy song. Like it goes from the to the. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Should have let it play more. Let the music play. <laughs> yeah, that's but, okay. You don't get away. With the music. <laughs> uh, final thoughts. What did y'all think of my first choice for our annual Fright Fest I really dug it. I really dug it. Did you uh, dig dug it? I dig dug it. <laughs> Woo! Um, one for one. The, the the fact that I was thinking like this was that movie going in, and then like sort of like saying, "Oh no, it's not that. It's something else." But then like knowing that, oh yeah, that that is gave it a had less effect on me but the the build to it was just as great since i didn't never really watch that movie only really knew of it more from the documentary i watched uh because uh as like she's like caressing uh paul's head Mm -hmm. and she's humming it's very daunting and it's it it it's it oh you know you know like that like Something's off here. It's yeah. it, it's it's disturbing. Mm-hmm. And once that final reveal happens, that that's when it's like, ooh, like really like gut wrenching. And much. and uh, no, it's just yeah. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it um, the movie as a whole, uh, it, it it's definitely like disturbing for for a lot of reasons. Uh, some of the pedophi- pedophilic stuff as well. Oh yeah. Um, uh, but it's there in good fun I think to add to the yeah. sleaziness and creepiness of the film I, I believe you, th- I, there's no way you can get away with a movie like that nowadays Hold stuff up. like that yeah. um, can we remake this film can um, I play Judy sure <laughs> of course John. I think we can make a comedy well this did inspire Wet Hot American Summer that's awesome did it really like mm-hmm. te- oh okay that's mm-hmm. really cool and I, know I love that movie, so. oh yeah but I had a good time this is something that I was looking forward to I'm great that we're now in horror fest season the flight so. caps at the theater so would you give this film eight pumpkin pie slices Ooh. out uh, of eight I, I, I think does yeah. it, pumpkin pie come in eight slices <laughs> I'm saying we should go I, to five I, I, get, I give it <laughs> Five pineapple. Uh, no, pineapple. I give it six pineapple pizzas out of eight. This rating system. Is no, because there's eight slices on a pie, John. Pineapple pie. It's pumpkin pie. It's harder fest. There is no pumpkin pie pizza. That doesn't exist. I mean, pumpkin pie slices. We got to be innovators. You cut a pie into slices. Uh, fine. Uh, well, we'll talk about this off off mic. Matt, what did you think? I liked it. I uh, thought it was pretty uh, interesting and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a good time. Mm-hmm. A lot of subversions here. It was uh, 
I don't know if it's like quite up my alley, the kind of style and uh, tropiness of it, but it, yeah. I mean, I do love me some Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, there were no like deep talks off a train exploring, <laughs> you know, a town in this film. That's what it could have been. Then it would have been bumped up to an eight. <laughs> no cute ending that could have ended multiple ways. Yeah, I think I'm between a. I'll give it a. Well, 4.8 pumpkin slices out of 8. Out of 8. <laughs> I, love, okay. I love our new right. rating system. Yeah, I, I hate think, the uh... new rating system. <laughs> Obviously, I give this 8 pumpkin pie slices out of 8. Um, because that's the only rating to give this. I will say, this will probably be my most offbeat horror film during the Horror Fest. Okay. You will probably recognize most of my other choices. I know. I... Probably seen some of my other choices mm, before. Not, not um, I. They're a little bit more mainstream, except for one. I threw in one surprise, <laughs> but nice. I'll tell you exactly when it's coming up. Um, oh, this one, before uh, I guess we conclude, I, I, when we like just finished watching the movie, I was concerned, not concerned about the plot twist, but it was like, I thought it was one of those things where, you know, it didn't really change anything about the movie. It didn't really speak to their motivations, uh, you know, to Angela slash Peter's motivations or anything. It was just kind of thrown in there it was a good twist definitely and i Mm -hmm. commend it but it just seemed like out of place it didn't add anything to the story Mm. but i mean you know maybe thinking about a little more especially what you've been bringing up about gender roles maybe it's kind of um showing like the the pressure that gets put on someone who doesn't conform to their gender roles or who's like forced to be something they're not Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it turns you into a killer, but, you know, it definitely puts a well, this ton of stress on you. actually has a huge following with the LGBT community in the okay. classic horror yeah, genre, yeah. just so you know. Um, it seems, it's interesting. It seems like it could appeal uh, to, not, I'm not going to say appeal to trans people, but it, it could, like, have some uh, sympathizers along that line because... And it's just a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So. It, it's all about kind of like being in the wrong body, mm-hmm. you know? So, as we say goodbye, is there anywhere else our uh, nightcappers can reach y'all on social media? Mark, why don't you start us off? Uh, you can find me over at Junior over on Instagram, or you can find me over at Men Who Are Sats over on Twitter. Hmm. Yep. You can find me, Jonathan Kwiatkowski, at Losing My Mind JK on Instagram, Drinking Read JK on Twitter, my other anime podcast, which is trucking along. We're, we're getting there. It's a lot of busy scrambling filming with that. Um, anime was not a mistake. You can find Nightcap Cinema on Instagram, Podbean, Nightcaps on the Theater, iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, all other social media platforms. Please follow us, especially during our Fright Fest. And Matthew, mm. what will... internet site are you going to drop now, huh? Well, you can I... find me on Amazon.com. <laughs> my wish list. Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> not even your wish list? Uh, uh, what about your Pornhub account? Oh, you yeah, that's a. Uh... I did? Oh, damn it. No, no. <laughs> Uh, I do. Um, I wonder if, like Angela slash Peter, maybe maybe it's also like a thing of survivor's guilt. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna like digest this for a little while. Yeah, look at the layers. Yeah. My thesis. So that's fun. Yeah, I guess you could find my thesis on uh, IMDb Pro. Uh, no, no, you could find me on AMC A list. Um, watching movies all the time. I am uh, Matthew Cabrera, and my number is. 908. I know, I guess we, we <laughs> cut it there. Uh, well, before we go, I'm going to give you a hint for our next episode. Ooh. A couple weeks' time. Wow. Next episode, we are going to one year before this film. 
1982. Oh, I know. Wait, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> May I suggest some coats and gloves? We got a long way to go. But then again, I'm not sure if I can travel with any of you, if I were being honest with myself. I'm not huh. even sure I can trust anyone or anything at this table right now. Enjoy the show. I'd offer my own commentary, but I've still got popcorn kernels in my teeth and a slight aftertaste of gin I just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe I shouldn't use it as mouthwash anymore. If you would like to offer your own two cents on the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and dare I say, even subscribe. Don't forget to find us on most social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nightcap Cinema. Don't be afraid to join the conversation, offer your own take on the films we watch, or even suggest something that we should see. We are always welcome and open to all feedback. After all, everyone's a critic. Can I be real for a second? As an avid podcast listener and newbie podcast creator, I better understand now more than ever just how much work and dedication it takes to create and share things through this medium. By taking just a few seconds out of your extremely busy days, you can honestly make a world of difference even for us. Just a couple of millions who talk about movies for shigs on the internet. I would like to personally thank anyone who contributes in any way. Remember, it's all possible thanks to listeners like you. Thank you. What do you mean that's not going to fly with PBS? You think those antique road-showing geriatrics are going to listen? You have got to be kidding me! Ugh, we'll just cut it in post. <laughs>